All right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Come on now. Tennessee has won. The Lord is good. Come on, Faith Promise. We can be excited. Hey, my name is Zach Stevens. It is an honor to be with you. It's my privilege to serve on staff as one of our pastors, uh, just to serve you guys and everything that God is doing at, in the life of our church. Welcome to all of our campuses. We are excited about what God is doing. Every time I get to be up here with you, it is, it's more of an honor than I can articulate growing up here, being, being at Faith Promise. I've, I've lived my life here, and I just want you to know it's an honor to be able to stand before you at all of our campuses. And it's just an exciting time to be at Faith Promise. This is an exciting time as we, we're entering into a season of just completing some really special things. I don't know about you, but I love being able to complete something. You, you like whenever you mark something off your list, it's almost like euphoric. You're like, I don't have to think about that anymore, right? It's just, it's just something nice about marking something off your list. But in the life of our church, we're going to complete some pretty special things. We're on track this year. We will baptize more people in 2019 than any year we've ever baptized, which is amazing. We're going to complete that. It's fantastic. Um, Something else that's great is we're, we're next year, the beginning of next year, we will actually be 25 years old. We will do a quarter century as a church, which is amazing. We'll complete that. Um, and right in that time frame, something that's really special, really special, is we will actually baptize our 7,000th person in the life of Faith Promise. Is that not unreal? That's amazing. It's amazing. So we're going to complete a lot of things, but our mission as a church is far from complete. That's actually one of my favorite things about Faith Promise, our, our mission, our aggressive drive to see real people with real problems experience God's real love. Now, that's not easy. That is not easy by any means, right? If you've been coming to Faith Promise for any length of time, you've been pushed by the vision, pushed to make a difference in the world around you, right? The easy thing to do, I mean, gosh, we're, we're at 10 campuses. We, we've seen God do all these things. The easy thing would be just to relax, right? The easy thing would be just to, hey, it's, it's okay. We can kind of lean back a little bit. But that's not who God has called us to be. Actually, the other day, a pastor said something that just blew my mind. Um, People come and get mentored by our pastor all the time. And there was a guy sitting at, at a meal with us, uh, actually at family lunch, which is a dangerous place to be mentored, just so you know. Um, but you have to sign a waiver to come. It's a real thing. So, but he, and the guy's like, hey, pastor, tell me about your heart for the lost. Um, if you've been coming to Faith Promise for any length of time, you know our pastor is broken for people who are far from God. And pastor said something that just resonated. I never really thought about it. He actually said, hey, you know what? We could grow faster if we would be less aggressive. Because of where we live, we could reach more traditional church growers and we could actually grow numerically more if we'd be a little less edgy, a little, more, a little less contemporary, a little less aggressive towards what God has called us to do. But that's not who God has called us to be as a church. God has called us to pursue people who are far from God. God has called his people, which is us, to pursue, to think about people, to weep for people, to pray and to work and to plan and sacrifice towards his kids who are far from him. And listen, that is not an obligation, but that's a celebration. It's something to be excited about. I think that God has blessed us with that. Even though it can be challenging, even though it can be hard sometimes, it is a big deal that God would call us as a church to pursue people who are far from him. Think about it. Think about it. Because the people who are far from God, they're his kids. I've got two little kids. I've got J.L., who's about to be six, and I've got River. I'm not sure if I'm going to claim him yet. He's about two. He ain't saved. There's no way. But let me tell you, if my kids got taken, if they were lost, if they were far from me, 
You best believe I'd sell my house. I'd sell my cars. I might rob you personally. I would, I would max out every credit card to find my kids so that they could be close to me. Can you imagine how special it is that God has called us as a church to pursue his kids that are far from him? It may not be easy, but it's what we're called to do, and it's a pretty special calling. See, believers throughout history have been called to do the hard things. In your time with God, maybe this is something you can do. In, in, in my time with God recently, I've been reading a book called Jesus Freaks. Um, and it's actually an incredible book. It's people who've given their lives and their families, all these things for the mission that God has put on. It's really challenging if you're looking for something to do in your walk with God. They've sacrificed so much. Believers throughout history, biblically and, and, and outside of the Bible, have sacrificed so much for what God has called them to do. So, actually, there's a passage in the Bible that I've had a hard time with. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, maybe I'm the only unspiritual one in the room, that there's some passages that are hard for me. And one of them is 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1 Corinthians 11.1. And Paul, in that letter to the church in Corinth, says, follow my example as I follow Christ. Follow my example as I follow Christ. This verse is just hard for me. As I was growing up, it, it just felt a little prideful for me. It felt, it felt hard. And, and as I've grown up, because the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this, I was just, I, why, why would he write that? It just comes off odd to me. Why would he? And I just realized I didn't like it. Now, again, again I'm, I'm the only one spiritual when I get that. But I started, why, why is that? Why is it so challenging for me? And there's two ways it just popped in on the top of my head. One, I don't like to follow the example of others all the time. I don't like to do it. I like to do it my own way. I know, again, it's just me. Right, one example, maybe a silly example that pops into my head is my dad, he always wanted to plant things in the garden. You guys know anybody who has not a green thumb, but like a whole brown arm, maybe a brown whole upper body? That was my father. And yet he wanted to go like plant exotic things, rhododendrons, I don't know any other plant names, but they were out there. They would all always die, okay? But you know what would grow? The weeds, the weeds, right? The, the weeds, okay? And, and so what we'd have to do is we'd go out, have to go out there and pull the weeds. And, you know, gosh, I didn't want to be out there. I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm a kid. And the only way to really pull weeds well, you got to get down there with the weeds. you got to get down there, and you got to grab it at the base and twist it and pull it out. But I didn't want to do that, right? So as a kid, I'm just like, oh, gosh, help me, Lord. And, I, you know, when he's looking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. But when he's not looking, I'm like, God, help us, because he can't see the roots if I throw it away before he gets here. And he would come say, Zach, pull those weeds out, how I'm pulling them out. Do it like I'm doing I'm like, I don't even want to do it at all, right? Sometimes it's hard for us to follow somebody else's example. You know what else is challenging for me with this verse is it's just hard to do. This verse is hard to live out. Can you, can you say with confidence this week, as you go home and look at your kids or look at your spouse or look at your roommate or your coworker or your classmate and say, hey, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to follow Jesus this week. I'm going to follow him. You follow me, and we're going to be all right. How good with that? You feel confident saying that? I got Jesus. You got me. We're going to get there, right? Bubbles and ducktails are our way to it, right? Probably not. This is a challenging verse. It's hard to live out. And you may wonder, Zach, where in the world are you going with this? Man, you are off the wall this weekend. Well, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And we usually don't do a lot with Pastor Appreciation Month because our, our pastor, Pastor Chris, is very focused on where we're going as a church. And he, even one of his sayings is, hey, 
This is about, this is about Christ, not about Chris. But I, he, he gave me the opportunity to speak this weekend and didn't tell him what I had to talk on. So he's out of the country. Can't stop me yet. So may not have a job on Monday, but we'll see. So I want to take a moment and I want to honor, not, 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 not just appreciate our pastor, but I want to take a moment to honor the man of God who's led us so well. I just want you to take a moment and think about your time at Faith Promise. Whether you've been here for a month, whether you've been here all 25 years. And think about what has God done in your life? What have you overcome? Whose lives has been changed? Maybe you've been baptized here. Maybe you've met Jesus here. Maybe you've met your spouse here. Maybe you've been raising your kids here. But what has it meant to you? Can we take a moment? Can we just take a moment at all of our campuses and just honor our pastor, Pastor Chris and Pastor Michelle, for everything that they've done? Can we just honor them and thank them? We're so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. They are absolutely fantastic. So here's what I want to do this weekend. I would like to take pastor's life verse, his life verse, and I want to teach through it this weekend. I want to walk through it and, and see, because I believe that God has a real challenge for us in it. And you may wonder, what is pastor's life verse? Well, I really think it was really close between two. There's one verse that he really likes in Nehemiah 8.10, where it talks about eat of the fat and drink of the sweet. You know, he really likes that one. You know, he, he has some cholesterol issues. We're like, Dad, maybe you shouldn't eat that steak. And he's like, the Bible says eat of the fat and drink of the sweet. But again, that's not his verse as much as he prays the Lord it is. Actually, pastor's life verse is Colossians 1.28. And it says, we proclaim him, admonishing every man, teaching every man, every woman with all wisdom so that every student may be complete in Christ. Uh, this is, we're going to go through it today, but this is so our pastor. Do you see all the everys in there? Every man, every woman, every student, everybody. We want to present them complete to God. This is pastor's mission. This is his life. This is massive. Now, you would think after having me and Micah that he would have changed his verse, right? Because every would include me and Micah, and yeah, he's got some work to do. Either way, right, it's a big verse, and it's a big calling that God has called us to. And you know what? Looking back, because uh, pastor's also my dad. I'm the youngest of three. And looking back our whole life, everything he does has been about the kingdom. I remember we would go to movies. And, and after the movie, we'd go sit out, usually in his Ford F-150, and we'd sit down. I loved going to movies with my dad. And we'd sit down, and every time, with tears in his eyes, he would look at me or look at my brother and my sister or mom. He'd say, why can't we get the church that excited about the gospel? He, he would say, Zach, our story is better. Why can't we get people that excited about Jesus and what he's called me? Why can't we do that? I'm telling you, every movie. If we went to see Star Wars, and it, which he loves Star Wars, we talk about the forest, he'd say, Zach, the Holy Spirit's in you. Holy Spirit's in you. What are you going to use it for? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? Any, any movie was, that was about war, right, we loved Rambo. That, I don't know what your Christmas movie is. We would watch Rambo, literally. It was, right? We would watch it, and he would say, Zach, there's a battle. There's a battle for your life. There's a battle for the people around you. How will you fight it? Listen, even, seriously, The Grinch which is dad's favorite Christmas movie. It's his favorite movie. And you might think, because he is the Grinch, arguable, but do you know why it's his favorite movie? Seriously. He thinks the Grinch gets saved at the end. No joke. When his heart grows, he's like, and you can see him, he cries every time, cartoon or not, Jim Carrey version, he's crying. Dad, it's the Grinch. Why are you crying? He gets, he gets saved every time. 
I'm telling you, right? I, I, we, would, we would go on our way to school, right? I was, I was going to prestigious university, you may not know about it, uh, Carnes, Mighty Beavers. And we would be on the way, right? And, and we would stop at the gas station and I would get a chocolate milk and a bear claw donut because I was worried about my figure. Dad would take us to school once a week. and it, <laughs> Somebody laughed louder than they should have. Won't eat for days. So either way. And, and he would ask me questions. He would look at me and say, Zach, are you staying pure? Zach, are you looking at pornography? Zach, how is your time with God going? And he would soul stare me. He would look right at me and wait till I looked at him. You know those people who can look at you and like they can feel what you're, like they know what you're thinking? That's dad. If you're really spiritual, the Lord will give it to you. Right? He would do that to me. Right? He, he, he would live that out. That, that's who he was. Listen, this is no joke. When he answers the phone, he says this, Jesus loves you, hello? Yeah, that's real life. If you want to answer the phone in our house, he would say, Jesus loves you, hello? I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this, back in the day, phones used to have these tails. We called them cords. They used to have tails, right? And there was a black phone, and somebody was calling. It was for me, right? We had sketched it. And so I, I, I pick up the phone. It was this girl. And, and I say, Jesus loves you, hello, because dad was there. And then I walk around the corner. And I remember her asking, why do you answer the phone that way? And I said, I don't know why we answer the phone that way. And then the phone turned off. <laughs> and I went around the corner to see what had happened to the base. Phones had bases. And I turned around to see, and Dad's holding it in his hand. He, is, he isn't, like, unplugged it out of the wall. He has yanked it from the wall and says, won't you have a seat? And I'll tell you why we answer the phone that way. <laughs> that man was talking about Jesus no matter what. Listen, it wasn't just a nice verse. It wasn't just a nice verse. It was a literal calling. It was an air that he breathed. There's this, in, in my study, I've, I've, I followed this guy named Leonard Ravenhill. If you're looking for something good to read uh, in, in your time with God, I just finished a book by him called Why Revival Tarries or you know, Why Movements of God Tarry. And there's this quote that I love. And it says, one of these days, some simple soul will pick up the book of God, read it, Believe it, and the rest of us will be embarrassed. This makes me think of my dad, of our pastor so much. Now, by no means is pastor a simple soul. He has a doctorate in church growth. He's a brilliant man. But the most brilliant thing about him, he'll tell you, is that he picked up a book, he read it, and he believed it. Did he fall? Of course he fell. But did it change his call? Not in the slightest. Now, I can't talk about pastor all day, or he won't let me get up here anymore, and there'll be riots at campuses, so we won't do that. Um, but I wanted to dive into one of the reasons I believe that God has used faith promise in such a mighty way, and it's because it's built on verses like Colossians 1, 28. And I believe that God has called us to a higher commitment in the things we find in this verse. So Colossians 1, 28 again, it says, we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every woman with all wisdom so that we may present every student, every person complete to Christ. Now, the first part of that passage says that we proclaim him. Now, this is huge for us. This is the value of our church. On the walls of all of our campuses, it says we tell them of him. We tell them of him. And listen, as I was reflecting on this, because proclaiming his name is definitely sharing your faith. We should be sharing our faith. <coughs> There are people who are far from God, 
And if they die without knowing him, they will spend eternity separated from him in hell. We have to tell people about our walk with God. But listen, can I get a little more personal? Whenever I thought about this passage, as I was reflecting, listen, we are all proclaiming something. You in your life, in your speech, in how you respond to others, you are proclaiming something. The question is, what is it? The question is, what are we proclaiming with our life? We look at pastor's life, he literally answered the phone, Jesus loves you, hello. We weren't allowed to ask, who is it first, right? You want to freak out telemarketers, start answering your phone, Jesus loves you, hello, right? They may stop calling you. But, but he, he wouldn't hedge his bets, he would answer it that way. Proclaiming Jesus' name is more than just sharing your faith. It's how you respond, it's how you answer the phone, it's how you live your life. So let me ask, how are you answering the phone of your life? How is that? If I can be totally transparent with you, this is a piece of my life where God is really challenging me. I believe in this church, and I believe that God has called me and my family to sacrifice everything to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as is in heaven. I believe that God, I know that God can move in power. I believe people can come in in wheelchairs and walk out. I believe that marriages can come in broken and leave restored. I, I've seen people walk up with crutches at all our campuses and walk back. I've seen women walk up who weren't able to have babies and walk out and become pregnant. I've seen amazing things. But the most miraculous thing that I could be a part of, seeing somebody go from death to life, seeing somebody go from lost to found, seeing somebody go from orphan to adopted, I don't make a daily habit. I feel crushed by that. That's part of who God has called us to be. I believe the next great move, the next revival is on the other side of us proclaiming his name. Something that pastors always said is he believed that God has called him to, to build, to help build one of the greatest churches since the day of Pentecost. Now listen, I don't know what all that entails. I wouldn't be so prideful to tell you that I know what it looks like to build the greatest church to the day of Pentecost. But I can tell you one thing. I can tell you that that church will proclaim his name. I can tell you that that church will tell them of him. I can tell you that that church will do everything they can short of sin to see people come to know God. Can I just dream with you for a second? I dream about a faith promise that more people are saved Monday through Friday than they are on Saturday and Sunday. I believe the day where, amen, is that not amazing? Where workplaces and families and schools are just changed. We have, to we have to proclaim him. I understand this isn't easy. And I understand it will shift our workflow a little bit and how we respond. Maybe it will look like helping somebody you were too busy to help before. Maybe whenever you go to lunch or dinner, it's more about how the server's doing their life than it's about your food getting there on time. I've literally asked this question a hundred times before I get my food. I'm saying, hey, we're going to pray for our food. And I hate to put you on the spot, but is there anything I can pray for you about? I've literally asked that question a hundred times now. Not one time have people been offended. Well, Zach, you're a pastor. They don't know that. We, me and you are both just hungry people at that restaurant. Taking a moment to say, I believe God can do something special in your life. Is there anything I can pray for you about? As I've reflected on this passage, Colossians 1.28, I'm convicted of this. Colossians 1.28 was not meant to be a verse for our pastor to believe, but a church for us to build. I believe that Colossians 1.28 was not a verse for our pastor to believe, but a church for us to build. We can do more together. That passage goes on. 
in Colossians 1.28. It says, we proclaim unto him, admonishing every man and teaching every woman. It, go, it goes on to say that. And, and as, as, as it pushes on in that passage, now that, that, that may seem a little bit challenging, that, that admonish word, but we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But this is another value for us as a church. One of the things that we do is we grow together. We grow together. That, that's who we are. And listen, that's more than sermons. Growing together is more than sermons. That's why we desire that every person that comes to Faith Promise, we get into a group. It's not for a select few. It's for everybody because we want people to grow together to reach their full potential. That's our deepest desire. When we, well, I, I think that we understand that, that second part that we teach. All of us have been taught, whether in school or at church or at work or whatever it looks like. We've all been taught in some capacity. But I, I think there's a lot of power in that first word, admonish. Maybe you think it's a theological word or, or, or an intimidating word. It's really not. Admonishing literally means to put in mind. To put in mind. To put in mind. Paul believed and knew if I could just put Jesus in the mind of the people at Colossae, Colossians, where he wrote this letter to, that lives would be transformed. If I could just put Jesus in their mind. But do you see how the devil doesn't want that to happen? Do you see how our, our, our minds are so full? That's why it's so hard to go to group. That's why it's so hard to get time with God. That's why it's so hard to pray with the people we care about. It's because our mind is so full. Remember, this, this is something that pastor has done such a good job. And I think it's something that sets pastor apart is everything is going to start that he puts God in his mind first. Like clockwork, dad was going to be up before all of us in his time with God. Remember he said last week that every book he reads, every, every, every podcast, every sermon, he thinks about how it applies for the church. That's why when we would go to movies and we would sit in the car, his first thought was the gospel. His first thought was, how can we make Jesus this exciting? He's better than Star Wars. How? The reason he thought that way is not because he's better than you. It's because he put God in mind. He took every opportunity to elevate us because he puts God in mind. One of the things that we do at Faith Promise that pastors helped us do that I personally think is not just going to continue to revolutionize our church and our individual lives, but I think it's actually going to speak to the church internationally, and that's individual growth plans, personal growth plans. If you've ever been to our Next Step experience at all of our campuses, I'd encourage you to be a part of it. We actually build a growth plan. Every year when pastor and the staff write that, uh, that, that devotional that we read all through January, in the back there's a personal growth plan so that we put God in mind. But what about our life right now? What about your Monday through Friday right now? Where do we put God? What priority does he take? Because I'm going to tell you again, Colossians 1.28 is not a verse for pastor believe, but a church for us to build. It's who God has called us to be. That verse wraps up. Colossians 1.28, we proclaim him, we proclaim Jesus, admonishing every person, putting God in their mind, teaching every man or woman with all wisdom, so that we may present every man, woman, student complete in Christ. That, that would be the verse that pastor picks, right, where everybody is included, every single person. This is a huge vision. And you may think, Zach, how in the world does pastor pick that verse? He talks all the time about the emails he gets. You, you probably know personally people who have left your campus, who've left your group, who've left your aisle. You know that. How could pastors still believe such a crazy, audacious verse when people get mad and leave when life isn't perfect? Let me tell you, 
Because circumstances don't dictate pastor's outlook. It shouldn't dictate our outlook. See, something that pastor does so well that he's taught us to do, that he taught me to do from a young age, is to remember that I'll give an account one day. Is that I'll stand before God and give an account for how I live my life. How I use the talents I've been given, which is not financial. That's dirty green paper. It's the people. It's the time that I've been given. How can we accomplish such a massive vision of every man, woman, student, child being complete in God? The only way is through multiplication. The only way is through multiplication. Remember I said I dream of a time where more work is done Monday through Friday than Saturday and Sunday? That's what multiplication looks like. It's so that we present every person complete to Christ. It has to be our, our culture. It has to be our, our vision, our life as a church. Actually, you know, we're, you, you may wonder, what, 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 is, what does a Faith Promise staff person do Monday through Friday? Do y'all just wait on us to come back? No, right? What, what, what do you guys do? Let me tell you. And I'm about to rat you out, staff members, on what we do. You know what we do? We are set up to have a one-to-five structure. That means that every person who serves or in a group, that every five per people, there's one person, we call that person a coach, who pursues them, who calls them every week and says, hey, how, how, how's your family? How's your walk with God? How's, 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 your, how's, your, how's, how's ministry? How's work going? And they pursue them for the purpose that we can complete every, we can present every person complete. That's what we do. Let me ask you about your Monday through Friday life. Because you may think, well, Zach, presenting somebody complete, that again, man, it feels theological and it feels abstract. What's that look like? That word present in the Greek literally translates to stand by. Stand by. So let me ask you a question. Who do we stand by with the purpose of presenting them to God? I stand by my wife. I stand by JL and by River. And the staff members I get the opportunity to lead, do they always like me? No, sir. No, ma'am. But you know what? I'm not responsible to them. I'm responsible to him. And I'll continue to live that way because I will stand before my Abba Father and give a report for how I've lived my life. Colossians 1.28 was not, amen. You go give God some praise if you want to. Colossians 1.28 is not a verse for our pastor to believe, but a church for us to build, to proclaim his name, to put God in the minds of others, to, to, to stand by people, to present them to God. There'll be a day when we can't do these things. There'll be a day when Jesus comes back and those of us who are believers will go to heaven and our time to proclaim his name to those who are far from it will be over. That's something else that dad's taught me. He says, I can do anything in heaven to share your faith. Don't take any regret there. Colossians 21, 28 is big. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and woman, teaching every student with all wisdom so that we can present them all complete in Christ. That verse may seem out of reach. It may seem too far. Listen, our Abba Father wouldn't do that. He wouldn't put something out of your reach. You may say, Zach, how am I supposed to do this practically? How, how, how am I supposed to live this life? I think Paul so eloquently tells us in the next verse. 
in Colossians 1, 29. I've been kind of fibbing this whole time. Pastor's verse is both of these things. But the, how you complete verse 28 is through verse 29. And just imagine the guttural passion that Paul's saying this with. He says, to this end, to proclaim his name, to put God in mind, and to stand by. To that end, I strenuously contend, I fight with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. He contends for it. We're all contending for something. The question is, what are we contending for? See, listen, this is hard to go to because there's a lot to go through. But if you know this is where you're going to, what you're going through just isn't that bad. God is not calling us to perfection. He's calling us to participation. This is not a life of obligation. This is a life of celebration. This is who God has called us to be. So let me ask you, what step or is God calling you this weekend to strenuously contend towards? Is it sharing your faith? Is it proclaiming his name? Is it going to next steps and making a personal growth plan? Is it to find a group? I beg you, whatever God is calling you to do, strenuously contend towards it. Now in that verse, it references this power that works in us. And there's some other, there's plenty of men and women, hundreds of men and women of God at all of our campuses who are filled with that power. But some of the godliest men I know are our campus pastors. And we're so grateful for them. Campus pastors, will you come up and share at your campus how people can walk in that power that Jesus died to give them. As we enter into this time where you can start a relationship with God, maybe you feel powerless. My question is, has there ever been a time where you've given Jesus control? Where you've said, Jesus, I know I can't do this life on my own. I need you. Because Jesus died, went to hell conquered death and rose again to hand you that power to hand you God himself the Holy Spirit to live inside of you and if you say Zach I'm bro, I need that I want that I want to walk in that power I want to walk in that authority I want to walk in that love and that affection I am far from our Abba Father this is your weekend to walk in that power Romans 5 8 says that while we were still sinners Christ died for us so we can have a relationship with him. If you'd like to earn that relationship this weekend, we would so gladly welcome you into it. Faith Promise, has anybody given their life to Christ and excited about it? Anybody in this room? Amen. If you would say you're living a life without power and you're ready to walk into a relationship of power and a life of power with Jesus, now is your time. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Just me and you in the room. You, at Faith Promise, we don't do things alone, so let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've walked away. But I know you came to bring me home, to take my guilt and give me grace. Be my first love. I surrender to you. Without looking around, just, just focus on my voice for just a moment. If today you gave your life to Christ, if today you made the decision, would you just slip your hand up so we can celebrate with you? I want to give you a gift. I want to walk this walk with you. Amen. 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 Praise God. Faith Promise, can we celebrate with people who gave their life to Christ today? Amen. Amen. We're about to enter into our time of generosity. And in the seat back pocket in front of you, there's something called a communication card. 
And if you gave your life to Christ today, or if you want to go to next steps to start that growth plan, if, if you want to get into a group, whatever that looks like, you just need prayer. Your potential is our passion. Will you please fill this out? And as we enter into our time of generosity, just as the bucket passes you by, will you fill it out now and just drop it in there? We love you, and we want to be a part of what God is doing in your life. That's why we get up to worship God and serve you. As we enter into our time of generosity, I'm so excited about what God is doing. As we shared this weekend, God wants to build an amazing church doing amazing things to complete his mission here on earth. And that's why we partner with people all around the world. That's why we partner with people like uh, Re Renewed Vision, this, uh, one of our partners, uh, World Renewed, who's doing, I'm, I'm I'm, it, it's amazing of what God is doing. And they're rebuilding, they're building a ways for hope brick by brick. Can you imagine that, uh, can you imagine a hospital being so far away that people in your community were dying during childbirth? Can you imagine a world like that? Well, in place in Africa, that is the world that people live in. And so what World Renew is doing is they are using churches, local churches and local church leaders to literally build bricks, to build clinics in their communities so that they can be a part of that life change, so they can build and train those clinics. As of right now, total, there's 38 local churches and leaders in southern Africa making 60,000 bricks. The 60,000 bricks needed to build those clinics, they are building those. In those churches, they're building 2,000 bricks a day. They're gathering wood, they're building ovens to build those bricks so that people can receive life physically and spiritually in their communities. That is why we give generously. God is moving around the world, and you may never physically be in South Africa. But because of our generosity, we get to be a part of what God is doing. And I don't know about you, I don't feel worthy of that. And I'm pretty excited that God has invited me to be a part of the life change all over the planet. Let's pray and ask God to bless this time. God, we're so grateful that we get to give today. And we do not do it out of obligation. This is out of celebration. That we're a part of this family, that we're a part of what you're doing, and we are so grateful. We cannot wait to see what you're doing in South Africa through World Renew. God, we cannot wait to hear the stories of, of great moves of you, of revival breaking out. We are just with anticipation all over the world as we proclaim you. God, as we put you in others' minds. God, and, and as, as we stand by those around us, we are grateful for this time. It's in your precious name we pray. Let's worship in our generosity.